the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Station. With SRN News, I'm Gordon Griffin. Afghan officials say that the toll from a suicide bombing in Kabul claimed by the Islamic State group has risen to 57 dead and 119 wounded. That according to the Public Health Ministry spokesman confirming the toll of Sunday's attack. A plan to privatize the nation's air traffic control system looks like it's uh, looks like, looks less likely to happen. Bill Schuster is dropping that provision from a bill to reauthorize the FAA through 2023. For years, Schuster's pushed to get the government out of the air traffic control business. He pushed to plan to spin off air traffic control to a private, non-profit agency funded through user fees. His decision to drop the plan is an acknowledgment that the votes just aren't there to pass it. Correspondent, uh, correspondent Wally Hines reporting, the Senate Intelligence Committee gearing up for a confirmation hearing for Gina Haspel to lead the CIA. This is SRN News. Hugh Hewitt believes the Western world has obligations. The West still is exceptional. The West still does have things that it stands for, one of which is anyone in the world. We can't stop everything. We can't be the policemen of the world. We haven't got the money, the troops, the ability to do it. But we can punish anyone who uses WMD, biological, chemical, nuclear. The Hugh Hewitt Show, weekday mornings at 5, right before Mike Gallagher at 8, on AM 1280, The Patriot. Intelligent Radio. You're listening to AM 1280, The Patriot Intelligent Radio. Coming up next is the Northern Alliance Radio Network with Brad Carlson, The Closer, right here on AM 1280, The Patriot. So don't go anywhere. First, we'll give you a quick weather update, a high of 63 in sunny skies. Yes, that is 63 degrees in sunny skies for today. A high of 67 in sunny on Monday. Beautiful day. And then a high of 60 degrees with a slight chance of rain for Tuesday. Stay tuned, it's the NAR with Brad Carlson, the closer, right here on AM 1280, The Patriot. Stand by for the Northern Alliance Radio Network. And go launch sequence. Engineering. Go flight. Master control. Go flight. Studio engineer. Go flight. We are go for launch in T minus three, two, one. The Northern Alliance Radio Network is on the air. Live and local from the AM 1280 The Patriot Studios in Egan, here is the closer, Brad Carlson. AM 1280 The Patriot. It is the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Back with another edition of the broadcast we like to call The Closer. That's me, Brad Carlson, back in the Patriot bunker after a uh, week off being snowed in. You can check out my blog at bradcarlson.org, and we are here to take your phone calls at 651-289-4488. Hey, if you want to leave us a text message, you can do that, too. That number is 651-243-0390. Or you can weigh in via Twitter at hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show. Hashtag NarnShow for any comments or questions regarding today's show content. And as always, we appreciate you tuning into the broadcast. It's amazing the uh, juxtaposition between last Sunday to this Sunday. I, I, I made mention on the Narn pre-show that I usually record on the Northern Alliance Radio Network Facebook page 
that a week ago Friday, I got home from work, and it was already starting snow drizzle, and it continued through the night into Saturday, all day Saturday, into Sunday, all day Sunday afternoon into Sunday night. I basically, I, I got home Friday that Friday night, uh, Friday the 13th, ironically enough. From, I got home from work and literally did not leave my house again for the next 60 hours, which would have brought me to Monday morning when I headed to work. I was all, all weekend scooped up my house, other than going out to the driveway two different times to clear that off. And today, it's going to be in the 60s and sunny, legitimately feels like spring, and my back deck, which had more than a foot of snow on it this time last week, is completely clear. It's a south-facing backyard that we have, that that my wife and I have, and the property we live. So obviously that that gets melted away pretty quickly. But yeah, it, amazing, amazing. And that's is that is that not Minnesota in a microcosm? It really is. And I told you folks spring would come, so there was no need to panic. But nevertheless, it's not a lot of fun being cooped up in your house when you feel like you want to be out doing stuff. And it's supposed to be spring, but that's neither here nor there. Glad to be back in the Patriot Bunker uh, with you folks this week. A lot to get to regarding news items from this past week. And at 2.30, we're going to be joined by Northern Alliance Radio Network alum and current hot air blogger extraordinaire, Ed Morrissey. Ed is going to be the MC slash moderator for next week's event, Overtime, with Hewitt and Gallagher. If you haven't got your tickets yet, am1280thepatriot.com is a place to go. Click on the banner and get your tickets today. There's still a handful of tickets left for the VIP dinner as well as the main event. Again, it's one week from today. What a fun night that's going to be. Again, we'll talk more about that in the 2.30 segment. But I did want to get to some news items from this past week because, well, that's what we do is we uh, uh, comment and analyze the news that has taken place. Uh, in a move that or in a uh, news item from the Minnesota gubernatorial race, particularly the Republican side, uh, this latest development, uh, the only thing that really surprised me about this latest development was the fact it took uh, as long as it did, this is from the Pioneer Press from this past week. Former Minnesota Republican Party Chair Keith Downey pulled the plug on his campaign for governor, saying he could not see a path to victory after former Governor Tim Pawlenty joined the race this month. Downey, a former state representative from Edina, said in a letter to supporters that he believed he had the right message, quote, but the opportunity for me to win in November has closed, close quote. When Plenty entered the race, quote, the landscape changed dramatically, quote. The former governor raised more than $1 million for his campaign less than a month before announcing he'd seek a third term. Downey reported raising just $182,338 this year, placing him third in the Republican money contest behind Plenty and Hennepin County Commissioner Jeff Johnson. Downey finished second in a straw poll at the Republican Precinct Caucus, uh, February 6th, with 15% of the vote, Johnson won the straw poll with 45% and was considered the front-runner for GOP endorsement until Pawlenty entered the race. A uh, couple items on that. First of all, I think, you know, I, I, I haven't heard of former Governor Pawlenty's intentions if he plans on going to the Republican uh, Party of Minnesota convention June 1st and 2nd up in Duluth. I, I don't know if he's going to address the delegates I don't know if he's going to actively seek the endorsement. It happens where candidates know they may or may not get the endorsement, but nevertheless, they will vie for it. And if they don't get it, they're still going to go to a primary. And that's fine. Uh, I'm I'm pro-primary myself. I don't, I'm not a big advocate for the endorsement system. I believe it can be valuable in that you can use it in concert with going to the primary, saying 
that the delegates, those who go to these conventions, those who consider themselves the the, the true grassroots, uh, endorse my my candidacy, and therefore I'm and uh, obviously use that in concert for the primary. If the other candidates who don't get the endorsement decide to go to a primary, uh, but the but what I don't like is that people insinuating that the endorsement is the gospel, that those who don't go to a convention, those who don't take the time and, and resources to go to a convention, stay a couple days, get a couple days hotel, take time away from their family, take time away from their jobs, that somehow that they're not at all committed. That that that's what really I think that's what really bothers me. It's like there's no question that those who go to these conventions absolutely are, are are committed to the process. Otherwise, you wouldn't spend your hard-earned money and your uh, short and the time, which no everybody's busy, so there's very little precious free time. And to take what little precious free time you have and spend all weekend at a political convention for a cause for which about which you're passionate. Hey, that's that's to be lauded. I'm not not denigrating that one iota. What I'm saying is is that those who don't have the vacation or the resources nor the time to go there are somehow not committed, somehow that their uh, input is not valuable. And so, therefore, they're willing to uh, work hard for, for a non-endorsed candidate in the primary. So be that as it may, I, I don't know if Tim Pawlenty is going to go to the convention, address the convention goers. We'll see. Uh, it's pretty much a certainty. I, well, it is a certainty he's going to go to a primary regardless. I mean, you don't raise that kind of money. And then if you don't get the convention, say, well, I guess I'm hanging it up. No, it's not going to happen. So I think that's an obvious statement. It's going to it's going to go to a primary of which Tim Pawlenty probably will win. But I, I mentioned at the outset of the beginning of the story, this is more focused on Keith Downey dropping out of the race. Uh, you know, his poorest performance at the GOP caucus straw poll, where he finished a distant second, uh, to me that was the strongest sign that he needed to move on. But for whatever reason, he decided to continue. Uh, and and I think one of the things that that Downey uh, really where he pinned his hopes was that he felt he had a more substantive grasp of the issues, and therefore he was calling for a more, uh, shall we say, conventional debate, because these GOP candidates, GOP gubernatorial candidates, I think have been to north of thirty candidate forums all across the state. Now the state of Minnesota is a huge state. And you want to get to as many parts of the state as you can. And all four of the four or five of these candidates, how many ever there have been, have gone to all these candidate forums. But to me, that seems like a monumental waste of time. 30 candidate forums? No, I, again, I get that it's a big state and I get that you want to get to all parts of it. But certainly there's got to be a more efficient way to do this. And what Keith Downey proposed was let's have more of a, uh, shall we say, a conventional debate where we're going head-to-head on the issues because basically how these candidate forums work is you had a moderator asking a question and then each of the four candidates would weigh in on their perspective on that particular issue that the moderator asked about. And there was never a dramatic difference in how they approach these issues because most of these, because obviously when you're a Republican, you're coming at it from a perspective of trying to aim towards limited government. Some have different ways of going about it, but that's the ultimate goal. And Keith Downey's mindset is, let's have a head-to-head debate and see who really has a better grasp on these issues. And, of course, that that never came to, to fruition. And then about a month later or so, Downey drops out. But to tell you the truth, uh, 
this this is interesting. I went back and listened to a podcast uh, of a show that I did uh, last July. I filled in for Mitch Berg on a Saturday in late July. I don't recall what Mitch was doing. It doesn't matter. And my friends uh, and fellow GOP activists, uh, Jeff Kolb and Nancy LaRoche, joined me, and we were breaking down the gubernatorial race. And at that time, Keith Downey had just entered the race. In fact, I don't even think Jeff Johnson had officially declared at that point, but Keith Downey had officially entered the race. And I said at that point, I don't really take his candidacy seriously. And the reason I said that is it appeared, you know, Dowdy's tenure as state chair that the state party seemed to make some mild financial progress under his leadership because obviously the, the biggest thing that was dogging the party uh, after uh, then GOP chair uh, Tony Sutton resigned in I think it was late 2011, I believe that was the time frame, that it was a serious, horrific financial debt. Their, their, their fundraising wasn't to the level it needed to be. Their debt structure was horrible. I believe they were well behind on their uh, monthly lease payments, the office space they were leasing in downtown St. Paul. Horrible financial shape. I didn't envy anybody who took over that position. And Keith Downey was first elected as party chair in 2013 and then reelected in 2015 and chose not to seek reelection in 2017. So he served two terms. And from, from all indications, the party financial shape definitely improved. Under, under his leadership. And for that, I, I commend Keith Downey because anybody who is willing to take on that task, uh, they they have my admiration, but they certainly don't have my envy. I'll just tell you that right now. But there were a couple of significant public relations blunders that I just don't feel he, I didn't feel he could get past. And that's why I thought his gubernatorial candidate was doomed from the start. Number one, of course, was the aftermath of when the party uh, chose to endorse Michelle McDonald for Supreme Court of Minnesota. Now, I'm not saying the actual process itself was Keith Downey's fault, and I'm not saying the concealing of the fact that Michelle McDonald was under indictment for a DUI was Keith Downey's fault. Okay, that I'm not saying any of that was his fault at all, but the aftermath was a complete disaster, where he basically came out and said, well, yeah, technically, I guess, sort of, kind of, maybe, she's still our endorsed candidate, but... We don't want her to, but 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 uh, you know she's under indictment. So let's get let's let, let's cobble together the committee quick and and let's make a new rule that anybody who is under uh, indictment or some sort of criminal investigation, they may be the endorsed candidate, but they can't campaign at the state fair booth. You know where a lot of the uh, Republican voters will go to the Republican Party Minnesota booth at the state fair. And I remember Mitch Berg and I were doing a show that morning. And we went over to the, to the booth of the state fair because we had gotten a tip from some of our friends in the media that uh, that Michelle McDonald and some of her entourage were going to show up there, even though they've been explicitly told they're not allowed there. And so Michelle McDonald and some of her entourage show up, and it was incredibly awkward. There was security personnel there saying, you know, Miss McDonald, you've been told you can't be here. And she says, well, I can be here if I want, da 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 And she was mumbling something incoherently, spinning around with a video camera, making sure no one laid hands on her. Basic, and, where, and where was Keith Downey? Keith Downey and the committee got together to uh, make this ruling that she couldn't campaign at the, at the state fair booth, but yet she ends up showing up, and they certainly weren't going to physically remove her. So basically it was left to a bunch of party staffers and some overwhelmed security personnel to, to try to deal with this. It, it was just a. It was just a. Uh, 
I don't want to use the word that first came to my mind through FCC re- regulations, but it was a it was a crap show. <laughs> okay, is the best way I could say it. And then, of course, his rhetorical nuking of of his deputy chair, Chris Fields. Chris Fields was seeking to become the Republican Party chair in 2017 to succeed Keith Downey, and Keith Downey put out a bunch of emails that were eventually leaked as to why Chris Fields would be a horrible choice and basically impugn Chris Fields' character. Now, you can you can say whether those complaints were legit or illegitimate, but the fact of the matter is Fields was uh, popular among some of the uh, grassroots of the Republican Party. And the idea that Downey could then turn around and gain the support of those activists who were enthusiastic about Chris Fields' candidacy for party chair the idea that Donnie could then turn around and appeal to those activists to be the party's nominee for governor uh, to be charitable that that seemed far fetched and and there were also sir, there were also folks within the Downey campaign trying to laughably paint him as the outsider candidate you know a la Donald Trump at the national level because people say well Donald Trump played up the outsider you know the drain the swamp rhetoric that worked beautifully for Donald Trump why don't I try that the only problem is Keith Downey served two terms in the Minnesota House. Uh, he ran unsuccessfully for Minnesota State Senate in 2012 and then served two terms as a state party chair. Uh, that's not outsider creds, okay? So, and again, I'm not saying Downey himself did this personally, but the idea that some of his supporters tried to give off the vibe that he was an outsider, was just it was just laughable. I don't know what, what Downey does next, but uh, I'm, I'm not sure that he has a future in electoral politics here in Minnesota. Uh, the decks have been cleared further. It pretty much is a two-man race now between Tim Pawlenty and Jeff Johnson. And BuzzFeed, not exactly a conservative rag, uh, is put out a piece this past week about how this is the Minnesota, Minnesota of all places, maybe one of the few bright spots for Republicans in 2018. We'll talk a little bit more about that when we come back on the Northern Alliance Radio Network with me, Brad Carlson, The Closer. Go nowhere. Picture yourself unemployed for 20, maybe even 30 years. That's what retirement can look like, 20 or 30 years with no paycheck. Consider this. There are over 2,000 rules that govern Social Security. There are hundreds of ways to file for it. It's not surprising so many Americans may be getting less Social Security than they've earned. Will you get the most out of your Social Security benefits? Call Sheila Franks at Lifestyle Financial and Tax Advisors. Sheila and her team will use time-tested methods to help you maximize your Social Security benefit. Get the Social Security benefit you have earned. 763-545-5555. That's 763-545-5555. Sheila and the team at Lifestyle Financial and Tax Advisors, 763-545-5555. Lifestyle Financial and Tax Advisors is an independent financial services firm helping individuals create retirement strategies using a variety of insurance products to custom suit their needs and objectives. Investment advisory services offered through Global Financial Private Capital, LLC, not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any government agency. Join Gene Sullivan each week on Where You Live, where he takes on... Uh, Gene, who do you take on anyway? Maniacal landlords, slippery renters, overbearing HOA boards, demanding homeowners. Oh, and the legislative lunacy brought on by local politicians wanting to fix everything for us. It's a common sense perspective on the news and stories that affect you the most, right where you live. Join Gene Sullivan every Saturday morning at 10 a.m. on AM 1280, The Patriot. 
Hey, Twin Cities, Dennis Prager here. If you've been to an AM 1280 The Patriot event or to their station, then you've seen the expert work of Action Plus Sign. This local business of over 25 years specializes in vehicle graphics and wraps, storefront and lighted signs, which you can even convert to new LED and more. When it comes down to it, the folks at Action Plus are less talk and more action. They exemplify true Patriot grit. Visit them online to check out a list of all their services at actionplussign.com. This is Hugh Hewitt for townhall.com. On Tuesday night this week, Barbara Bush, the beloved first lady and wife of our 41st President George H.W. Bush and mother to our 43rd President George W. Bush, died at age 92. What a wonderful woman she was. What a terrific American. She was admirable as a spouse, a mother, grandmother, and of course, I think it's safe to say, America's favorite first lady. Whether left or right, young or old, political or non-political, it seemed everyone loved Barbara Bush. She was feisty. She was funny. She was a straight talker. Barbara Bush will be greatly missed, but her life and her legacy will remain alive in the hearts and minds of Americans. I'm Hugh Hewitt. For more information and to sign up for our podcast, please visit townhallreview.com. Town Hall Review gives you in-depth coverage on the stories and issues facing our fast-changing world. Visit townhallreview.com today. The Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. Hey, welcome back. AM 1280, The Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network with me, Brad Carlson, the closer. Every Saturday, you can hear my friend and colleague, King Banyan, on our sister station, AM 1440, The Businessman. For The King Banyan Show, that's 9 to 11 a.m. on Saturday mornings. And Mitch Berg on these very airwaves, AM 1280, The Patriot. Again, that's also on Saturday from 1 to 3 p.m. He is the headliner edition of the NARN. I am the closer, closing out this weekend's programming of the Northern Alliance Radio Network. As always, we appreciate you tuning in. And here to take your phone calls at 651-289-4488. You can also weigh in via Twitter at hashtag NARN Show. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show. Hashtag NARN Show for any comments or questions regarding today's show content. And as always, we appreciate you tuning in. Left off last segment uh, where I uh, came across a BuzzFeed story. Interesting uh, perspective. Again, BuzzFeed, not exactly a uh, not exactly National Review or the Daily Wire when it comes to ideological uh, perspective. Uh, the headline, which intrigued me, Democrats are nervous and Republicans are excited about Minnesota. Now, what have you, what have you ever heard that? I mean, how ironic is that that in one of the most dominant Republican years, which was 2014, Republicans had a net gain of nine seats in the Senate. They gained the largest majority in the U.S. House that they had since the Great Depression. They won governor's races in states that are reliably uh, Democrat, like uh, Maryland. Uh, when Larry Hogan was elected in, as governor of Maryland, uh, Charlie Baker was elected as governor of Massachusetts. Uh, I believe I believe Bruce Rauner was elected in 2014 as well, governor of Illinois. These reliably blue states elected governors. And yet, somehow, someway, Minnesota bucked the trend by reelecting Mark Dayton as governor and reelecting Al Franken as senator in 2014. So Minnesota was kind of the outlier in what was a, a dominant Republican midterm election cycle in 2014. Now you flip the script a little bit. It, uh, if you believe some of the polls or the prognosticators, the Democrats look to have a 
pretty good midterm coming up in 2018 where uh, predictions seem to indicate they're going to take over the House of Representatives. They have a fighting chance to take over U.S. Senate, despite the fact two-thirds of the Senate seats are occupied by Democrats. But here in Minnesota, it looks to be the exact opposite. It looks to be two seats that are currently occupied by Democrats, particularly CD1 and CD8, both incumbents not running for re-election in those seats, have a fighting chance to flip Republican. Again, this is from BuzzFeed.com. Minnesota is the bleeding edge of how Donald Trump is remaking Midwestern politics and positioned to be the most competitive battleground state in the U.S. for this year's midterm elections. Four of the nation's most competitive House races are in Minnesota. Both Senate seats are on the ballot. A former presidential candidate, Tim Pawlenty, is running for governor. The state offers a clear look at how voting patterns in rural and suburban Midwestern areas are rapidly changing. Just two years after Trump nearly became the first Republican presidential candidate to win there since 1972. We are truly we truly are the epicenter of the 2018 elections, which is both exciting and terrifying at the same time, said Ken Martin, chair of the Minnesota Democratic Farmer Labor Party. The terrifying part for Democrats is that Minnesota appears to be an anomaly right now. Republicans in other states are at risk of being dragged down by an unpopular president and a national electoral climate that's expected to be brutal for their party. But Trump's numbers have not cratered in Minnesota like they have elsewhere. And Republicans have a real chance to flip two House seats in rural parts of the state, the only two Democratic-held seats in the country, in the country, that the election forecasters at Cook Political Report consider toss-ups. Astonishing. Astonishing. Now, the caveat here is, say uh, Rob Stauber, not Rob Stauber, he's the former Minnesota Gophers goalie that won the Hobie Baker Award back in the 80s. Pete Stauber, I think they're... Are they related? I think they're brothers, maybe. I don't know. Pete Stauber, who is the Republican candidate in CD8, and Jim Hagedorn, who is, will be the Republican candidate in CD1, he was overwhelmingly endorsed yesterday, and I believe all the other candidates decided to abide by the endorsement, if I if I heard that right. Well, anyways, uh, if they win C, in CD8 and CD1 res, uh, respectively, all of a sudden you've got two of those seats that flip. Now, that could be tempered by CD2 is very much a toss-up. Currently that's... Uh, Jason Lewis, who, of course, is a Republican, seeking a challenge, a rematch of the 2016 election from uh, DFL or Angie Craig. Uh, that that sounds like it's a toss-up district. And also, uh, I'm a little skeptical about this, but they're putting CD3, Eric Paulson, longtime incumbent Eric Paulson, in the toss-up category. That seems to go in the toss-up category any time Democrats have a decent uh, chance at, uh, at ele- in election cycles. Okay, whether it was, well, particularly when Barack Obama was on the ballot in 2008 and 2012, CD3 was uh, in danger of flipping the D- to the Democrats, and it never does. Eric Paulson conti- consistently wins by double digits. And yet they always say, in 2016, even though that district, CD3, was won by Hillary, uh, Eric Paulson was still reelected comfortably. So I'm a little skeptical of putting CD3 in the toss-up category. Nevertheless, that could be tempered by the gains they make in the Republicans if they can gain CD8 and CD1, but then CD2 and uh, CD3. <clears throat> Excuse me, that would be that would be kind of a buzzkill. Uh, obviously, 4, 5, and 6 aren't going to change. 4 and 5 are deeply Democrat and will remain that way, and 6 is deeply Republican and will remain that way. But it's, it's interesting because rarely is Minnesota the focus of the nation because it is reliably a blue state 
But I think the thing that they're talking about now is that uh, national organizations are planning major investments. Again, continuing the buzz store feed. The Congressional Leadership Fund, an outside spending group aligned with Speaker Paul Ryan, already has one field office in the state with another coming soon. And the Republican Governors Association, encouraged by former Governor Tim Pawlenty's candidacy, recently reserved $2.3 million in October and November television advertising in Minnesota. The early buy is a hedge against a crowd, against crowded airwaves and inflated ad rates this fall. So that do you think that the RGA would have committed that kind of ad buy uh, if someone like a Jeff Johnson or Keith Downey were the candidate? Probably not. Probably not. And again, I would dare say I'm probably more aligned with someone like a Jeff Johnson in terms of my political ideology. But again, if Jeff Johnson can't win a statewide race, all right, then we need to find a candidate who can win a statewide race. This isn't this isn't difficult, folks. And I I've seen a lot of uh, I've seen a lot of hoopla and a lot of celebration over Jeff Johnson basically swept uh, the congressional district straw polls. A, a lot of seed congressional districts had their straw polls yesterday, and I, uh, four of them did straw polls, and Jeff Johnson won all of them. Well. I hate to burst your bubble, but again, if this race goes to a primary, it's going to open it up to a heck of a lot more voters than just delegates who attend political conventions. That's an inconvenient truth that some of you all have to face. And again, Tim Pawlenty will probably win that primary. And if he is the Republican candidate, I'm sorry, he's still much better alternative than a Tim Walls, assuming Tim Walls is a candidate. I think Aaron Murphy's still in the race and Rebecca Otto's still in the race, but it sounds like pretty much Walls has it on the DFL side. So how will this, and this could help in the down-ballot races too, okay, because the Republicans keeping the Minnesota State House is not necessarily uh, a uh, a cinch, okay? And then, of course, we didn't even talk about the Senate race for Al Franken's old seat, okay? Uh, Amy Klobuchar, I think, will probably be reelected in a walk and Will that help prop up Tina Smith? I have no idea. But a friend of the broadcast, uh, Karen Housley, uh, I think is a very formidable candidate for Al Franken's old Senate seat. And someone like Tim Pawlenty bringing that kind of attention and aura to the entire statewide races, uh, it's a plus. No question about it. So uh, interesting to watch, to say the least. AM 1280, The Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio Network with me, Brad Carlson. Coming back in mere moments with another segment on the broadcast. Go nowhere. This issue here at the 2018 midterm election is going to be historic. Let's prepare together on April the 29th for the Patriots Overtime with Hewitt and Gallagher. Understood. Hewitt and Gallagher on April the 29th. Get your tickets now on am1280thepatriot.com. I was nine weeks along and didn't know what else to do. I felt helpless and I didn't want to leave it up to her, but I didn't know what to do or say. I didn't know there were other options available. I didn't know it was a baby with a beating heart at 18 days. Hello, my name is Marianne Koharski. I'm the director of Pro-Life Across America, the Billboard People. So often we get calls just like this from men and women seeking help and alternatives. Our 800 hotline connects callers to the services they need for pregnancy, adoption, as well as post-abortion assistance. If you know someone who is pregnant or in need of confidential counseling or would like to support the work of Pro-Life Across America, please call 1-800-366-7773 or check us out on the web, Pro-Life Across America 
tax-deductible.org. Pro-Life Across America is educational, non-political, and tax-deductible. A baby's heart is beating 18 days from conception. Pro-Life Across America, the Billboard people. Giving your computer problems the boot. Arby's Computer Service. Hi, everybody. Randy from Arby's Computer Service. Let's talk managed services. Managed services is when you let a company like ours take over the responsibilities of keeping all of your computers and servers protected and running efficiently. We keep your systems patched, keep antivirus protection on all of your systems, provide a way to filter out much of the malware, manage your backups, and most of all, keep you up and running. This is no easy task and takes you time. Time is money. If your server or even an important computer goes down, can you afford this? Let us take care of all this for you, and you can stay focused on being profitable. And don't forget, we also fix your PCs, Macs, cell phones, and tablets, too. Call us today at 763-441-3884. Once again, 763-441-3884. Or find us on the web at rbsmn.com. Giving your computer problems the boot. Arby's Computer Service. The world of business and finance is constantly changing. How are you keeping up with all the information? Most likely, you're not. Checking websites, writing emails, making phone calls, checking more websites, and still not finding what you need to know. But it has to be out there somewhere. Well, it is. Business 1440 is your on-air guide through the fast-paced business landscape. What you want to know, when you want to know it. Up-to-the-minute business and financial news on Business 1440. Stream online at TwinCitiesBusinessRadio.com. College kids aren't the only one throwing around threes. Come into Lucky Stations. We'll give you three bags of malts for $10. Mention the Patriot, get the fourth bag free. Four bags of malts for $10. Only at Lucky Stations. To find the station near you, visit LuckyStations.com. Hey, welcome back. Game 12 to the Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network. It is me, Brad Carlson. Thanks, as always, for tuning in to the broadcast today. Here to take your phone calls at 651-289-4488. You can also weigh in via Twitter at hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N show, hashtag NarnShow. For any comments or questions regarding today's show content, and as always, thank you for tuning in on this beautiful spring day. Some of you may be uh, listening to the podcast later on. That's perfectly acceptable given uh, today's Beautiful day outside. You want to get outside, enjoy the weather. Perfectly understandable. But either way, however you tune in, whenever you tune in, tune in, we appreciate it. Hey, folks, we've been uh, promoting Ad Nauseam, the big event coming up next Sunday at the Marriott Minneapolis Southwest down in Minnetonka, just uh, right off of 169 in Bren Road. It is overtime with Hugh Hewitt and Mike Gallagher, two fine nationally syndicated radio hosts that can be heard on these very airwaves weekdays. And they're going to be coming in to talk about, well, a myriad of topics and uh, here to kind of give us a sneak preview of what is to be talked about is, of course, uh, Northern Alliance Radio Network alum, uh, hot air blogger extraordinaire and uh, prolific MC of these various Patriot events, uh, Ed Morrissey. Again, Ed, a part of the fine website hotair.com or his former presidential candidate Rick Perry once referred to it as hot gas. Uh, Ed Morrissey, hey, welcome back to the Northern Alliance Radio Network. How are you today, sir? Well, did he drop off? Oh, okay, okay. Well, uh, all that big buildup, and uh, turns out uh, the call dropped off, so we'll wait uh, for Ed to uh, come back on the broadcast again. Uh, Ed is a fine blogger at hotair.com, 
also an alum of the Northern Alliance Radio Network and prolific MC slash moderator at these various Patriot events. We're going to kind of get a sneak preview of next week's big Patriot event. Hey, Ed Morrissey, welcome back to the Northern Alliance Radio Network. How are you today, sir? Hey, Brad. Great to be back on with you. Well, Ed, uh, we don't want you to give away the uh, the total, the complete program, but uh, can you kind of give us a uh, sneak preview, some of the uh, subjects, questions that uh, might be broached at uh, next week's forum and uh, what we could look forward to? Uh, sure, yeah. Rosebud was a sled. Oh, I'm sorry. That was uh, spoiler, spoiler alert, Ed Mercy. Spoiler alert. The dump button. You got the dump button, Brandon? Dump button? Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, fair enough, Ed Morrissey. Well, uh, actually, I already knew that, So, but uh, it's more for our <laughs> listeners. <so. laughs> but, uh, yeah, we're excited about uh, Hugh Hewitt and Mike Gallagher uh, coming to town. And, uh, uh, Ed, I hope you're not too nervous. Uh, I know you've only emceed one or two of these events before, so hopefully you've caught on by now, Ed Morrissey. But, uh. <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, people should turn out to find out, right? I mean, let's let's throw that out to the audience and let them decide whether or not I know what I'm doing up there. Uh, frankly, every time I do these things, you know, it's always daunting because uh, – the Salem Radio Network has this great lineup of radio hosts, and it really doesn't matter who's on stage from the Salem Radio lineup. It's always going to be impressive intellects and uh, you know some great folks, just fine people. And so it's always a little daunting being up there on stage, and sitting between Hugh Hewitt and Mike Gallagher is going to be uh, just as daunting. Well, I remember now. That, I remember the fifteenth uh, birthday party. You had a chant. Not only were Hugh and Mike there, but uh, uh, Dennis Prager, Michael Medved. I mean, it was a cavalcade of stars up there. Ed Morrissey, uh, did you? Uh, did you kind of feel like uh, this? May be a reference you could understand. Did you kind of feel like George Goble when he sat amongst uh, Bob Hope and Dean Martin, where he said he felt like a pair of brown shoes on a black tuxedo. Was it anything like that, Ed Morrissey? Do you know? <laughs> It was actually kind of nice because, you know, if you've got those four guys up on stage together, you really don't have to say a whole lot. They're going to start talking amongst themselves, and it worked out really nicely. I really enjoyed that, and uh, I think that was maybe one of the more um, fun conversations we ever had up on stage because there was so much disagreement between them. This was uh, that that event was in um, mid twenty sixteen, yes. I think, or maybe early twenty sixteen. Yep. Correct. Yeah, I think it was and, around March of 2016. Yeah, so uh, it was yeah. a primary process still taking place among the GOP presidential candidates. Indeed, and and you had some some serious disagreements about Donald Trump in the on that stage that night, and uh, and I think it was uh, a really great event. It showed that we could uh, disagree on things and do it agreeably, and uh, all still be friends and. And come together at the end, and uh, so yeah, that was great. Um, this is going to be a lot of fun with with Mike and Hugh. I think that they've been, um, I think they've been uh, pretty spot on about what's been going on over the last year and a half. And now, of course, with the midterms coming up, we're going to probably be talking quite a bit about that. Well, I want to get your perspective on that, Ed, uh, particularly the midterms. Uh, if uh, if we've known anything about conventional wisdom from 2016, we could throw all of it out after 2016. So I don't know if it's still necessarily applicable here, but. Uh, at least what is being said early on is that it looks like the Democrats will take over the House of Representatives and that the U.S. Senate, even though they have the majority of seats up for re-election, uh, is a toss-up at this point. But the latest I've been seeing from the generic congressional ballot has the Democrats up by maybe three points. Again, I know it's early, but that hardly seems like a precursor to a uh, a blue tidal wave, Ed Morrissey. No, I mean, it's a, it's really a good point you're making, Brad. And Look, I mean, it's it's uh, first term, midterm. It always cuts against, almost always cuts against the incumbent president's uh, party. The the one exception, of course, to that was in two thousand two when uh, George W. Bush actually picked up seats yes. in that election. But that was some pretty, that was a, a pretty unusual situation too. It was just a few months. At, well, it was just a um, 
uh, a year after um, 9-11. Right. And, uh, and, I, and I think that there was still a tremendous amount of goodwill towards George, uh, George Bush uh, in that aftermath. I, I, I would... Uh, I tend to be a little pessimistic about this because I've I've learned that optimism probably is, isn't the isn't the right uh, isn't the right uh, way to approach this. I, I I think that Republicans should do okay in the Senate. I think they should actually pick up two or three seats. Um, I I would still say that I'm going to go into this assuming that they're going to lose control of the House and let myself be pleasantly surprised. But you're right about the generic congressional ballot. They were way down in this until about the first of the year, and then it started swinging back, and now it's, it's continued to swing back, and it's showing up in all of the different polling series. And it tells you that, that there's something going on there, and I think the tax cut probably has a lot to do with it. And I think the fact that Democrats really oversold the, the doom and gloom on that tax cut really did a lot of damage to them. Uh, the only thing that I would tell you is that those still are you know, we're still several months out from this midterm, and anything can happen in between. Looking at this, I guess from a uh, from a policy standpoint, a, a lot of what we've heard is the House has actually put forth some substantive legislation, some of which has not been taken up by uh, by the U.S. Senate, and the Senate has certainly has had some bad PR lately because there are still a lot of uh, confirmations, whether it's for positions for the, uh, for the instance, the ambassador to Germany, or there's some hedging on Mike uh, Pompeo for uh, Secretary, of, Secretary of State, uh, and, of course, the new CIA director. There, it, there seems to be a significant backlog in the Senate. It almost seems, I mean, would you agree with this assessment, Ed Morrissey? It almost seems like the House is kind of taking it on the chin based on the Senate's inaction? No, no. I, I think that this is um, this is going to be a referendum on Trump. I don't really have a. I don't really think it's going to have anything to do with what's going on in the Senate. I think that's too inside baseball for most people. You got to remember, House elections are, are are really about either the president. You know, the midterm elections are usually about the president, or they're about local issues. And um, and I and I think in this case that they're probably not as concerned as to what's going on in the Senate, even though there, there's some. There there definitely are some issues with that. So I guess uh, we get again. Let's uh, next Sunday that uh, we have the overtime event with uh, Hewitt and Gallagher again, in Marriott, uh, Minneapolis Southwest, located at one sixty nine in Bren Road in Minnetonka. Go to m twelve eighty thepatriotcom Click on the banner. I believe there's still a handful of VIP dinner tickets left, and of course some tickets left for the uh, main event. So uh, is that a fair assessment, Ed Morrissey? A lot of talk about the uh, twenty eighteen midterms, and I imagine there will be a talk about uh, how the Trump agenda has fared. I guess. It'd what is it about uh, 15 months into his uh, first term? Would that be fair, uh, Sneak Preview? Okay. Yeah, that, and I think we'll probably talk. I, I mean, I'm going to guess that we're talking a little bit about what's going on in North Korea just because it's sure. such a hot topic. And so I, I would guess that those are probably going to be the three main topics. And I, I, you know, we usually get some questions from the audience. So who knows? The people come out, ask a question that might uh, lead to a completely different conversation altogether. So that's the beauty of having these these live events is that uh, it's really uh, it, it's really a lot of participation. In it. Oh, I'm glad you brought that up. I know there's some listeners who are probably tuning in that are going to be at the event next Sunday. So uh, if there is an opportunity for uh, attendees to submit questions, uh, do you know the logistics on that particular aspect, Ed Morrissey, when or where they can submit these questions? Well, you know, I think that they tried to work that in the last time by, you know, I was with Larry Elder at the same uh, venue, by the way, which was really nice. Um, um, I think they were taking him 
during the event and maybe some by email prior to that. I actually am not sure what the logistics are going to be on that. But if you're coming to the event or if you want to come to the event, keep in mind that they may take some questions from the audience. And we've tried to do that in the past to try to get the audience involved. So I know that Hugh and Mike are really they're really sharp. They're they're quick on their feet, and they like to take questions. That's one of the reasons that uh, they're such great radio hosts. Fantastic. Well, uh, Ed, are you going to be joining us uh, for dinner, or are you just going to come for the main event and then slip out the back door as most of these highfalutin moderators do? Uh, what's what's your deal, Ed Morrissey? No, you know, I, you know, I, I was going to. You know, I'm going to have dinner, but you know, the Narn table sold out. Hughes table sold out. Mike Gallagher's table sold out. So I told, uh, like I told uh, Mitch yesterday, I think that they've get, got me a table in the in the kitchen right next to the right next to the fry bat. Wow. And, uh, okay. You know, just be. <laughs> Just be Marsha and I over there, and you know we'll 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 try to stay out of the way as they're bringing out the food to everybody else. Uh, I'm highly skeptical <laughs> that that's the kind of arrangements they have, Ed Morris. <laughs> uh, you deserve better than that, Ed Morrissey. I'm an advocate for you right here and now. But uh, no, in all seriousness, Ed, we look forward to seeing uh, you and uh, and Mrs. Morrissey uh, next Sunday again. Overtime with you and Gallagher. Go to am1280thepatriot.com. Click on the banner again. There's only a handful of tickets left for the VIP dinner, and still a few left for the main event with moderator Ed Morrissey talking with Mike Gallagher and Hugh Hewitt. Ed, uh, appreciate your time today and uh, look forward to seeing you next Sunday. Sounds great, Brad. Great talking to you again. AM1280, The Patriot, Northern Alliance. Right back. We're back with one final segment on the broadcast. Go nowhere. AM1280, The Patriot. Have you racked up more than $10,000 in credit card debt? Are you barely getting by, making minimum payments? You should know. The credit card companies are tricking you into thinking there's no way out. Credit card companies would rather you didn't know that there are ways you can become debt-free and you don't have to pay the entire amount you owe. There are debt relief programs that help people like you escape overwhelming credit card debt. National Debt Relief has helped tens of thousands of people just like you reduce more than $500 million dollars of debt. National Debt Relief has helped so many people, they're A-plus rated by the Better Business Bureau. You don't have to declare bankruptcy or take out a consolidation loan. You have the right to settle your debt for a mere fraction of what you owe. Reduce a large portion of your debt now. Call National Debt Relief at 800-694-7394. 800-694-7394. That's 800-694-7394. As Winston Churchill said, all the great things are simple and many can be expressed in a single word. Freedom, justice, honor, duty, mercy, and hope. Hi, this is Andrew Parker with the law firm of Parker Daniels Keyboard. Join me Sundays for the Justice Hour. We'll talk politics, Israel, and the law with prominent newsmakers. The Justice Hour, Sundays at 4 p.m. on AM 1280 The Patriot. Parker Daniels Keyboard, wise counsel, winning results. Go to parkerdk.com. Message and data rates may apply. Guys, got hair loss? I know what you're thinking. Should I shave my head? Comb it over? Wear a hat? Just stop. This isn't 1970. Keep your hair and your confidence because Bosley, America's number one hair restoration expert, can give you your real hair back permanently. Check them out today because they're giving away an absolutely free information kit and a free gift card to everyone who texts STAR11 to 85850. Dude, you don't have to look like your dad because this isn't your dad's hair loss treatment. People all over the country trust Bosley because they're ahead of the curve. They use the latest technology to give you your real hair back. 
And the best part, Bosley's permanent solution is protected by the Bosley Guarantee. Let them show you for free how awesome your hair could look with an absolutely free information kit and a gift card for $250 off. Text STAR11 to 85850. Ask about the Bosley Guarantee. S-T-A-R-1-1 to 85850. If you could cook up the world's greatest radio station, what ingredients would you need? We'd start by mixing in high-quality, free-range wellness experts. Then we'd add in a generous scoop of the topics that matter most to you. Finally, we'd stir in a certified organic website full of helpful resources and garnish with a specialized mobile app. No, it's not some half-baked idea. It's on the air right now. Wellness Radio 1570, online at TwinCitiesWellnessRadio.com. Hey, welcome back, Amplified the Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network with me, Brad Carlson. One final segment on the broadcast. Hey, we still got about a few minutes to go in the, in the show. 651-289-4488 is the number to call if you'd like to weigh in on any of the topics we've addressed. And you can use uh, hashtag NarnShow if you want to weigh in via Twitter. That's hashtag NarnShow, hashtag N-A-R-N Show. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, very excited about next week again, the Marriott Minneapolis Southwest and down in Minnetonka. We just heard from moderator Ed Morrissey. Uh, Ed always asks some very insightful and hard-hitting questions. And I, 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 I remember that, too. Ed brought that up when he was moderating the discussion during the Patriots' 15th birthday party, which took place, uh, I believe it was March of 2016, and you had the four big personalities on the uh, on the. On the national dial, uh, Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Michael Medved, and Dennis Prager. Uh, Mike Gallagher has been in the bag for Trump since day one. He can say differently all he wants, Mike, but he's been in the bag for Trump since day one. Whereas Michael Medved was out front anti-Trump and did not commit to voting for Trump, even if he were the nominee. And then Dennis Prager didn't like Trump. Was not, Trump was not his first candidate for the GOP nomination, but if Trump happened to secure the GOP nominee, which eventually he did, that Dennis Prager would vote for him. So there was definitely a lot of contrast on that stage, and it was wonderful interaction. It wasn't mean. It wasn't hostile. It wasn't there. It, there was no incivility. These guys were friends. They had a gentleman's disagreement. What a novel concept, huh? So yeah, I remember that very fondly, and and, and that's just kind of a. a typical of these Patriot events. You get some very thought provoking, insightful commentary. And guess what? You're not going to always agree with it. All right? I mean, you had a lot of people, when I would promote this event, would reply on my promotions on Twitter or Facebook, and they would still be ripping Hugh Hewitt for being uh, for giving Donald Trump tough questions during the, the, the nomination process. It's like, you people do realize Trump is president now, right? Have you not listened to Hugh's show since Trump became president? Okay? He's kind of tempered his uh, rhetoric a little bit. All right. I mean, he'll still call out Trump if necessary, but uh, he's certainly been more, uh, shall we say, uh, uh, I don't want to say friendly, but certainly not uh, anti-Trump. Okay, and yet some people insinuate that's what Hugh is. So either way, the point is, is that you may hear what you like, but sometimes you might not hear what you like. And that's what makes for great intellectual discussion. So look forward to that uh, get together next Sunday. I do want to. Uh, mention uh, one topic. Uh, we're certainly saddened as a nation that uh, former First Lady Barbara Bush passed away 
This past week at the age of 92, of course, her and her husband, George H.W. Bush, the 41st president of the United States, I believe it was as of January, they were married 73 years, which made them the longest married president and first lady in history. Uh, what a legacy. What a legacy they've led. Obviously, they've had uh, sons have gotten into politics. Uh, George W. was governor of Texas and, of course, was president for eight years. Uh, Jeb was a governor of Florida for, I think, a couple of terms and then ran for president in 2016. So certainly quite a family history there. I know they have grandchildren that are getting into politics. I know I, I don't remember what position uh, George P. Bush has down in Texas. I, I forget which position he holds. It's a local office, I believe it is. But George P. Bush is the son of Jeb Bush. So uh, definitely a political dynasty to behold. And whenever a prominent political figure dies, there is always some nasty discourse that goes along with it where people basically dance on their, do a proverbial dance on their grave. And I'm not going to get into a lot of that. And some people say that social media is the is the reason for this. I believe that nastiness and invective was there at some level in the past, even before social media. It's just we're more aware of it now simply because social media is that much more pervasive. I think that's why we're more aware of it. But there was one in particular, a professor, her name is, uh, she's from uh, Fresno State University, uh, Randa Jar. Basically, in the hours after Barbara Bush's death, she tweeted uh, that Barbara Bush was a, quote, generous and smart and amazing racist, along with her husband, raised a ward criminal, adding, bleep out of here with your nice words. Uh, again, this this is actually from a uh, National Review column by David French. Uh, the Then the whole inevitable, inevitable backlash built. She doubled down, taunting her critics with tenured status, calling Bush a witch, and pranking readers by sharing Arizona State University's crisis hotline. And then, of course, there was the backlash with, you know, a prominent professor um, basically in this position should be fired. Now, Here's the issue that a lot of conservatives had with this, and I'm glad I wasn't in the minority on this, because when I first saw that, it's like, yeah, was it disgusting? Was it reprehensible? Of course it was. It was all those things. But this idea that if someone speaks out and says something that we don't like, that they should be fired, I don't know that that's that's grounds for firing, okay? Unless it obviously jeopardizes her ability to be a professor at this university. And some would say, well, this kind of attitude and ideology alone and what we're exposing our kids to, uh, that certainly is an issue. Well, then don't send your kids to Fresno State University. It's pretty obvious. To me, let her say all she wants, okay? Because it's going to be a public relations nightmare for Fresno University. And guess what? Private donors are going to see this. It's like, wait a minute. There are people like that that are employed there. Well, we're going to withdraw our money. Let your pocketbook do the walking, okay? But to, to demand that she be fired... I don't see how that's helpful. Okay, and and David French, who is a who is an attorney, I think spelled it out beautifully. Said uh, whatever its content, though it was free speech. The constitutional analysis here is pretty darn simple. Under relevant law, a public employee enjoys First Amendment protection when she can show her share speech addressed matters of public concern. You know, the death of someone, a public figure like Barbara Bush, certainly would be public concern, right? 
Well, then, if her free speech passes that test, her interest in commenting upon matters of public concern must outweigh the interest of the state as an employer in promoting the efficiency of the public services it performs through its employees. As a practical matter, once a professor can establish their speaking on a matter of public concern, the second part of the legal test is easy to pass. The Supreme Court has long held that academic freedom is essential to American culture. So let's apply the law to facts. When Jar spoke about Bush's death, she was absolutely speaking on a matter of public concern. The passing of the former first lady was national news. And so far as there is no evidence that Jar's tweet storm had anything more than to cause a school a PR headache, it hasn't interfered in any meaningful way with the delivery of the relevant public service, which is a college education at Fresno State. Now, when people when she taunted her critics, she put out the number to Arizona State University's crisis hotline. So that line, of course, got barraged with phone calls. Now, if there was someone having a genuine crisis and they tried to call that crisis hotline, but basically the phones melted down and they weren't able to get through because of this disgusting person's uh, doxing, basically, or not dox, that's not the wrong word, that's not the correct word, basically giving out a fraudulent number, uh, yeah, that might be a fireable offense. But again, that's a different issue. That's aside from the free speech, Okay. Because, again, if we're going to go down this road where we're going to fire people saying things reprehensibly, that's going to lead to a dangerous precedent. That's going to be a dangerous precedent to set. Because what if all of a sudden a professor who's right of center starts touting the uh, the virtues of the Second Amendment with this hair-trigger anti-gun crowd, loud gun crowd, that anti-gun crowd that's been out there? Yeah, not a precedent we want to set, conservatives, so just saying. AM twelve eighty the Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio Network. As always, been a pleasure to be with you folks. It's been me, Brad Carlson. Godspeed, my friends. Have yourselves a blessed week. Closing time. There are 58 House seats up for grabs, two-thirds of which are currently held by Republicans. We see Tim Pawlenty running for a third term as Minnesota governor. Plus, Paul Ryan's resignation leaves us wondering if a member of the GOP will fill the speaker's role. There are plenty of local and national changes and crucial positions available. AM 1280, The Patriot is bringing our conservative heavy hitters to town on Sunday, April 29th. Hugh Hewitt and Mike Gallagher are in tune with the current political climate and will provide great insight and conversation. Join your fellow Patriot listeners in keeping the Twin Cities right. Plus, what would a Patriot event be without our local favorite, Ed Morrissey, blogger for HotAir.com? Overtime will be held at the Marriott Southwest in Minnetonka off of Highway 169 and Bren Road. Get your tickets before they're gone at am1280thepatriot.com. General admission tickets are just $20 each. This event is sponsored by Stone Decks by Minnesota Decks and Lucky's Station. If you own a business, you can significantly reduce your tax burden and put that money towards your retirement. How? With a defined benefit under IRS code 412E. Hi, this is Kim Mitchell from Alpha Financial. If you don't understand the 412E plan, you need to stop what you're doing and call me right now. If your financial advisor does not know about the 412E plan, chances are they're missing out on other opportunities for your portfolio. Call me now. I'll answer all your questions about the 412E plan with no obligation. And we can put tens of thousands of dollars back in your pocket where it belongs. We work with your tax account to optimize your tax savings and increase your retirement savings. 412E defined benefit plans are eligible for sole proprietors, partnerships, S-Corps, and LCLs. Call me at 612-860-8284. That's 612-860-8284. I'm a veteran. 
Patriot listener. Securities offered through Innovation Partners, LLC, member FINRA SIPC, advisory services offered through Financial Wealth Solutions. Financial Wealth Solutions and Innovation Partners are separate entities. Hi, it's John Wichko, owner of Advantage Auto Glass. Advantage is having a great year, and I'd like to thank everyone who's taken advantage of our service. And if you chose to wait for drier roads and warmer weather, they're here. Now is the time to get that cracked windshield taken care of. You've been staring at it day after day. Why wait any longer? Call Advantage Auto Glass today at 952-423-6396, and we'll replace your windshield with only the highest quality parts and adhesives. Advantage will come to your home or work, anywhere in the metro, we're a local family-owned company and a preferred shop for all major insurance companies. That means you'll get personalized service, and we do all the billing, all backed by a lifetime warranty. All you do is call Advantage first, and we'll take care of everything. So call us today at 952-423-6396, or visit us on the web at ReplaceMyWindshield.com. That's ReplaceMyWindshield.com. AM 1280, The Patriot, is WWTC, Minneapolis, St. Paul. FM 107.5, K298CO, Minneapolis. Fueled by Lucky... Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.